I'm Ayanna Contreras, and this is Vocalo Radio. We are live at Lollapalooza, and I'm here with Buffalo Nichols. I'm very excited, actually. The first time I saw you live, hello, by the way. Hello. <laughs> the first time I saw you live was actually at Noncom, so pretty recently. That was yeah. in uh, May? Yeah. That was an amazing show. Oh, thank you, thank and, you. And you were, like, straight up solo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know these aren't really the types of interviews where people talk about all their like gear, but I'm a little bit of a gearhead. I just want to know like what were the some of the things like equipment that you were using to get this sound? I've been trying pretty hard to keep that a secret, but okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. That's <laughs> Thank fair, you for cutting fair. me off. But I won't do it. I won't make no, you. Thank you. <laughs> but for folks who missed the show, one of the things that's amazing about your music is it's like I love blues, but you're taking it and you're like thrusting into the 21st century and you're doing it for like us which is kind of different than when you go to i mean we're here in chicago you go to a blues fest usually it's not us at the blues fest so tell me about was that a resonator guitar one of those what you picked up was a resonator yeah it was um like when you picked up this particular type of guitar playing mm -hmm. like how did you get into like blues music uh it's something that was around when I was a kid from my family. Um, but at a certain point, uh, I started to see what it was as a culture. And I saw the, the heritage and the lineage around the age of like 12 or 13. And it took me another 10 years to kind of find my place in it and start taking it seriously and considering myself a part of that heritage. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing music. I was really, really impressed with it. Um, this first album on Fat Possum, like really exciting. Uh, how did it feel when folks started kind of like trying to figure out this buzz around the music that's, I don't know, as old as the rivers? Yeah, I'm still trying to take all that in because I've been making music for so long and all different types of music. Uh, so to finally get my name out there off of this very old traditional cultural music it's it's pretty significant i think i haven't really thought about it until now but i think it's kind of cool well since i could remember i've been wandering on my own looking lost and lonesome since i left my mother's home looking lost and lonesome since i left my mother's home and, you know, here in Chicago, I mean, we're literally within walking distance from the Chess Record label, um, which was at 2120 South Michigan Avenue. Um, so not super far. I mean, we get tired, but we could walk down there. Um, it's so funny because so many people think about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones as starting rock and roll. But the Rolling Stones, as if people don't know this, they literally named their group after a Muddy Waters song. They literally came down to the Chess Studios in 1966 to record because they wanted that original original. Yeah. So I think, you know, you carrying that on is like super important. Yeah, a lot of these bands like the Beatles and Rolling Stones, they started out basically imitating this blues style. A lot of the, specifically the like Chicago blues kind of thing, Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf. And they got the credit, which, you know, they deserve the attention that they got, but uh, there's a lot that's been forgotten. The people who gave them all the tools have been left behind, and but they haven't been totally forgotten because there's a lot of people trying to remind everyone of where it comes from. I should have quit you a 
question for you I always want to know um, I always want to dig in artists crates like so who are you listening to who are you inspired by uh, really everything uh, just on the way over I was listening to the new Beyonce album and it felt it felt important and relevant um, I'm also always listening to traditional stuff you know Charlie Patton and I, yeah, I'm always constantly searching for new music and old music, and it, it never stops for me. So anything that can be heard, I'm, I'm looking for it at any time. Yeah, no, that's exciting. Um, one more question for you. Do you come to Chicago often? Yeah, growing up I did a lot more, uh, but I've been playing here a lot in the last few years. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, like, must-see places? Because this is a place where there's a lot of blues. I got some recommendations if you're interested. Yeah, I was at Buddy Guy's last night, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I haven't really seen a whole lot of the blues scene because I always come for, for world music and I go to the Old Town School of Folk Music a lot. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear some recommendations. I really think that blues is world music. It's one of our greatest contributions as oh, Americans. Oh yeah, I got a long rant that I can go on about that. But yeah, it, it really is. It's our contribution to the world, but for some reason it doesn't... It's not seen as this cultural export and the important thing that every other country's folk music has. Right. Oh, one more question is super interesting. I saw that Rolling Stone article when it came out and I shared it. And a lot of my friends were, you know, have, getting this little debate about, you know, whose music is it and whatever. Yeah. I saw Delmark. That's a that's a blues label here in Chicago. They shared it and mm -hmm. that whole most people got ugly about <laughs> yeah, that they, article. Yeah. Have you gotten any like response for this article? If you if you missed the article, it was basically talking about you know reclaiming the legacy of blues music for not just you know the usual folks at jazz things, but you know younger people of color, like opening it, making it more inclusive from the people that look like us. Yeah, I've gotten some some nasty backlash from that, but also a lot of support, and it kind of sh shined a light for other people to find each other and, and, and see where we can take this. But yeah, people get, got a little bit upset, um, but, and there's a lot of talk about uh, the blues being abandoned or something like this, but that doesn't mean that you can take it just because it's not being used in the way that you think it should be. But yeah, it's a very, very long story. We need That's another an hour for that. That's an interesting point though. The, the not in the way that it should be, because it's like, it seems as though what was happening in the 60s and 70s is a whole bunch of people decided we were gonna pick out what the important blues music is. Exactly. So like, cause I DJ a lot of 60s, 70s music and I'm in a city where a lot of people of all colors love the blues and the music that people were actually listening to, like the community was listening to, is actually very different than the type of stuff that the college kind of like nerdy blues Paramount Records people yeah. were listening to at that time. Mm -hmm. That's kind of an interesting kind of thing. Yeah, the blues is, a, is, I always say it's a cultural music, so the people of that culture are gonna come and go and, and take from that well when they need it. But there was this time where younger black people kind of took a step back and tried new things and in that space some people decided well I guess we can take it now and they haven't let it go since and you know it's it's worth trying to to get it back at least to to it's open for everybody 
Yeah, because it's a root of so much American music, important yeah. American music. I mean, there were people like Taj Mahal that were still trying to carry it on, but right. yeah, it was limited mm -hmm. for a period there. That's cool. So do you have any new music coming out? I do want to ask that last question. I don't have anything coming up currently, but I'm constantly working on music. Um, I'm about to be one year into this album, so it's about time for something new. But anytime you see me live, it's going to be a little bit different. That's so. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that um, it's very, I guess you could call it improvisational. Yeah, there's a lot of improvisation. I try to just take in the environment and let that dictate you know the the experience that's amazing um well thank you so much for your time i'm really looking forward to this set on sunday it should be amazing here at Lollapalooza. um oh the one thing this is for biko your name buffalo nichols where did it come from uh well it's, stage name i should say it really is just sort of a play on words the buffalo nickel it was convenient but i always had a, a fascination with the, the the concept of the buffalo and my first introduction to like Buffalo Soldiers was my grandfather who was an army ranger and they were called Buffalo Soldiers and then I learned about you know Buffalo Soldiers in the American West and all of that and it just seemed seemed like an important part of the culture that I wanted to take on a little bit. That's cool. That's yeah. so cool. You have you have layers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like an onion or something. <laughs> like a like a like an onion. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Uh, we're out here at Lollapalooza, y'all. Got no money, baby.